Want to learn more about membership plans? Stay tuned. We got a great one for you. Welcome, everybody, to ADOM Radio, the podcast for dental managers. I'm your host, John Stamper, and thanks for joining us. Guess what? ADOM Radio is now on Spotify. Check it out. Chilling out on the weekend, listening to some great tunes with friends and family. Be sure to check out ADOM Radio and download the latest podcast on Spotify. So today's guest on ADOM Radio is Dave Monahan, who is the CEO of Clear. Now, Dave has a passion for creating technology-enabled businesses that improve people's lives. Prior to joining Clear, Dave served as the president and CEO of FitLinks, a leader in the wearables market where he created simple, affordable, and connected wearable devices for the medical and sports market. FitLinks devices enabled patients to monitor and manage chronic conditions and athletes to monitor and improve their performance. FitLinks partnered with over 50 leading fitness and health companies to embed FitLinks devices and data platform into customized applications. Now, while at Microsoft from 1999 to 2006, Dave developed new product, market, and partnering strategies that helped Microsoft and thousands of Microsoft partners enter new markets and grow. He's a graduate of Pennsylvania State University and Loyola University and resides in the greater Philadelphia area. He's married, has three children, ages 12, 14, and 16, and when he's not coaching or supporting his kids' activities, he finds times to exercise, travel, and play any sport or competitive activity that he can and anything that his friends can dream up. ADOM Radio and Clear are very excited to bring to you today, Dave Monahan. How are you doing, everybody? Welcome to another episode here on ADOM Radio. Very excited to be with you. And today's podcast is, I'm just going to say it, it's hot, it's relevant. Everybody is thinking about it. There's so much talk out there in regards to membership plans and what have you. And you know, those of us on ADOM Radio really couldn't think of a better person to come on who's out there on a daily basis working with practices to come talk about it. So the title of today's podcast, Implementing Your Own Membership Plan Easy. Managing it and making it successful is hard. And so there's obviously, like we said, a lot of focus out there on membership plans, which is really exciting. But uh, we do want to walk through some things today to, to, to understand uh, the, the nuances of, of making it a little bit more of, of a process in your practice. And we're really excited to have Dave Monahan, who's the CEO of Clear, back uh, to the podcast. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing really well, John. Thanks for having, uh, having me on, and uh, thanks for everybody who's uh, joining us. Absolutely. So I know we're going to get, like I said, today we're going to get into, you know, a couple different things in regards to uh, making the plans easy and things like that. But you know, we're, we're, we're really going to talk about implementing, building and managing a membership plan, you know, you know, using a third party platform, you know, office managers, as many of you know, I'm certainly not telling you, you guys don't know, you know, you have enough on your plate, don't always have the time in your schedule to build and run really what's becoming, uh, Dave, a, a scalable, successful and help membership plan. I'm sure you're seeing that. I mean, it's one thing to kind of get excited about these and start to implement them and maybe get a little success here and there. But I think what you're going to share with everybody is as you start to scale these, which is ultimately what you want, uh, it gets a little bit more trickier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what I'll share today is we've worked with thousands of uh, dental practices and implementing membership plans, and we've been able to see across those thousands of practices what works, what doesn't work, and uh, we basically boil, boil down those best practices into uh, you know sort of how you create these plans and, and manage them, implement them, and be successful with them. Yeah, absolutely. So just a couple of points. Uh, we're going to we're gonna talk about some specific things today, but 
you know, David, I like to talk. This is just a fun topic. I, I love it because I, as I've shared with you before, Dave, and I share with everybody, uh, there's a big piece I think that's getting lost in dentistry, not only just the insurance thing, but the unscheduled treatment and, and finding practices, finding creative ways to get the care done. There is millions of dollars out there, probably if not billions of dollars of care that needs to be handled. And if we can remove those obstacles and certainly a membership plan is is one of those, but we're going to talk a little bit about the benefits of using a third party membership plan platform. We're also going to talk about some of the must have features of a successful membership plan, regardless of the platform. And then finally touch on some tips and best practices for implementing, launching, and most importantly, managing a successful plan using a third party. So that's what we're going to go over today. Uh, Dave, maybe, you know, you obviously have been on Adom Radio before, you know, and a lot of people have, have, have learned about Clear and you, but we'd love to have us just start out with a little bit about how things are going. You know, what's, what, yeah. what are things like at Clear and bring everybody up to speed? Yeah, everything's, everything's going really, really well. We're, uh, we've been basically doubling the business every three months and the amount of, uh, you know, comments and, you know, whatever uh, feedback we're getting from both patients and from practices has been uh, just amazing. And we, we went into this, you know, uh, starting at the end of uh, 2000 or beginning of 2017 and 2016, uh, and, you know, knowing there's a need and an opportunity, but not realizing sort of how quickly this would grow and become successful. And then seeing the uh, other side of this, which is more the whatever the people side of the emotional side of this has been uh, more rewarding than I ever expected. We actually released or helped a, uh, a, a practice who serves uh, underprivileged kids basically put a membership plan together for their kids and the guardians and the parents of those kids uh, where in the past they had no access to care. And now they do in a very affordable way and a very simple way. And like things like that to me just are incredibly exciting and, you know, really sort of emphasize uh, the value uh, that uh, we're seeing from uh, our platform being applied into the real world. So it's been, it's been very, very exciting. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, uh, I'm sure a visionary like yourself, I mean, you never know, where these things are going to evolve to and what's going to come from it. Uh, but I'm sure that at the beginning, you know, when, when you started to go down this path, you know, the other side of this, you know, that if uh, practices can find a way and you certainly guys have found a way to be able to, you know, help them manage this or what have you, that there is so much good on the other side of it, that once you get through the logistics of figuring out how to build it into your practice, then you get to really start to realize, like you said, some of those wonderful things that, that are going to come about from this. There's no question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, you're absolutely right about applying the theory into the real world. And that is the value prop was there. The thing we didn't really understand completely was the emotional and the people side of it and sort of how strong it could be. Because if people want, what we've learned is people want oral care and they, they feel a lot of people feel locked out of it. And so this unlocks that. And it's amazing to see the other side of that and see the, uh, the emotion tied to it. Excellent. All right. So, uh, you know, I'm going to start out certainly as there's more and more resources out there for a lot of the different processes and job functions in a dental practice. Some of the decisions that practices are facing on a daily basis is, do I use a third party platform or do we do it in house? And you and I've talked about this before, Dave. I mean, for a lot of these things, that's a good uh, you know, process to go down the way the pros and cons and all of that to understand the scope of things. But from your perspective, you know, talk about, uh, you know, why does it make more sense from what you've seen and learned, you know, on the third party piece? Yeah. So, yeah. So the net is um, the reason you would want to use the third party is probably a few things. One is just the time and effort it takes to actually set one up and manage it. And 
Uh, it, sometimes you can sort of like look at something outside and say, well, it's going to be really simple. But the actual, the other side of it, it gets fairly complicated. And it's something that, you know, really when we, what we've seen is when uh, practices try to do it on their own, the office manager and his team spend quite a bit of time just getting from sort of point A to point B to, to release. It's, it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. Uh, it's a lot of effort even after you implement it and managing the patients on the platform. So, you know, things like, you know, how do you design the plan? How do you price it? You know, the, you got to create the marketing materials on your website, in your office, you know, digitally, if you're going to do ads and things like that, direct mail. Uh, you need to think thinking about support for your patients. And, you know, there's laws around when you notify them about the certain things and uh, the things like auto renewals and, you know, how do you renew them at the end of their uh, of the end of their term? And if they have questions, what you know, where do they go for support and things like that? So uh, there's a lot that goes into it on the uh, on the back end that, you know, if you're going to go into it and try to do it on your own, it's just, you know, you, you got quite a bit to do up front in order to get it going. So one is just sort of the time and effort to get it sort of up and running. The the next one I'd say is just how you how quickly uh, can you implement a plan. So typically, when a practice tries to do it on their own, you're talking weeks, if not months, uh, to try to figure out sort of the basis and try to put it in place, and then sort of execute it and put it into your practice. And you know, we we have practices who've used our platform are up and going in a day. It's uh, it's all up to the practice how quickly they want to go, but you know, just getting it out there as fast as possible. Um, there are things like uh, the other things like regulatory requirements. Uh, you got to really think about uh, when you're putting your own plan together. There's federal and state laws, there's the HIPAA laws, there's insurance laws, and a whole list of things. Uh, and it's just it's hard to navigate. It's very complicated. Uh, and you know, somebody a third party can actually leverage the scale of the the entire platform and everybody on it in order to you know do those things for you uh, and do it like I said across lots of practices and sort of in a way spread the costs across lots of practices versus you having to take on the time and cost of something like that. And then another way I just throw out there is just, you know, I've mentioned this before, but, you know, leveraging the best practices of thousands of practices in this instance, like with us, I mean, we've learned a lot and we built all those lessons into the platform. So you don't have to, you know, start from scratch. You're starting from, you know, the best point possible, which is based on all the other implementations we've done and things we've learned. Uh, you get to start from a a, a, a position way ahead, as, as it, you know, versus if you try to do it on your own. Yeah, and I think you and I touched on this last time. This the really cool stuff that's going on with some of the newer innovations from a software perspective is that. Not to say, as you know, that, you know, a, a, a full shift change in a functionality would certainly take time and cost money for you guys, but it's often that's not the case, right? And the more feedback you get, uh, the better you can make things. It's a little bit harder when someone creates an actual physical product, right? And it's out there and there's okay. inventory and things like that. I, that. That's what I love so much about where software is going, because like you said, the more you guys work with the practices, it just makes you that much better, that much stronger, implementing features that you can put in there that makes it better for everybody moving forward. So it's a cool it's a cool thing that I like to share with a lot of people that is that's going on when it comes to innovation. Yeah, and, and John, just an example of that. So we actually release new uh, features every two weeks, and it's based on the uh, the feedback we get from the, the the practices on our platform and also the members. And here's here's a small one that's really you know simple, but has it has had a major impact. So let's say you you know have somebody on your uh, account who's buying a membership plan, and they have a credit card, and that credit card gets stolen uh, or lost. Um, so what's the process you currently use to try to figure that out and get it updated, right? And it's mm-hmm. a painful process, typically, which requires phone calls. Uh, 
our our system actually, if we you know as soon as we identify that a card has been stolen and canceled, it kicks off a notification to the uh, patient and through text and through email saying, hey, so let you know this has been you know there's an issue with this card. You need to you know update it. Here's a link, and it also messages back to the to practice the issue so that they can follow up with the patient if the patient hasn't followed up. So it's just like those. It's it's a small thing, but it's a big thing as far as how how much time an office manager or a team has to put into the platform and then the results they get uh, off the platform. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. All right. So when we, you know, once a practice goes down the path, I'm like, okay, you know, we've decided that, you know, third party is a way to go. Uh, you mentioned a, a couple of these earlier, but let, let's get into some of the features, right? So there's certain, there are some things it's the typical software pro and con, right? Which is nice to have, need to have uh, those types of things. But uh, touch on that a little bit, and and really some of the most important features the, to look for when when choosing third party platform. Oh yeah, and it's, these would be I, there's a lot of features that I say you'd want to have, but from a must have perspective perspective, I'll try to narrow it down a little bit. So one is the plan itself has to be customized for your practice and your patients. It's not a cookie cutter thing. So we have, you know, for example, I mean, this is an obvious one, but just to make the point, uh, we have pediatric practices on the platform, and their plans obviously going to be a lot different than a general dentist. Uh, and so, you know, the ability to, and this, I'll just give you an example, we have a pediatric practice who offers three different uh, membership plans to kids based on their age, and the treatment protocol obviously is different for each one of them. And we have another practice that doesn't serve kids, it only serves adults, but has an older population uh, with their patients, and so they actually uh, offer a uh, a, a plan for older adults, uh, and it's different than obviously, you know, middle, middle age or younger adults. And, uh, like you need to think about your practice and your patient base, uh, and design a plan to meet their needs. Uh, so that, that's sort of one thing. Just make sure it's a fit, uh, and customized for you. The next thing, uh, which we see has a major impact is the user experience. So, and it's not just for your patients, it's also for your team. So what's it like for a team member to use the platform uh, and design the plan, implement the plan, manage the plan, interact with patients, you know, track payments? Uh, what's the interaction, the user experience of your patient? Uh, how do they come out and you know come to your uh, membership plan, purchase it? Like, can they use any device? Uh, can they manage their payment method uh, easily? Can they get access to details around the plan, whether it be a care, you know a a plan document or a a card or whatever, can they add family members easier or very easily? So there's a whole whole list of things like that, but the experience itself, you don't want people getting frustrated uh, with software that's poorly designed or, you know, has bugs or issues with it. Uh, so I think it's a really, really important one. Uh, I mentioned, you know, this uh, before, but at a high level automation of, you know, as much as possible. So for example, when a patient signs up, can they do it on their own very easily? You know, you know, can they do it without having to ask uh, your your team uh, to do it for them? Um, when payments are processed, is that all seamless and in the background electronic? So nobody has to handle anything. It doesn't have to handle a credit card or, you know, some you know, cash or, you know, check or anything. Is it just sort of happening in the background and, and easy to understand and manage uh, and track? Um, when renewals come up, is it an automated process versus somebody having to call? Uh, somebody and, and collect information again. Uh, so the whole list of things sort of under automation, just make sure it's as automated as possible. Um, I mentioned this before, regulatory compliance is a must-have. Unfortunately, it's a must-have, but it, it just is. Uh, and there's a number of state and federal laws uh, that you have to follow 
uh, to make these compliant. Uh, and then I'll, I'll throw one more, and it, this is one that people typically don't even think about, but I guarantee uh, every practice will make a change to their membership at some point. So they'll either change the treatment protocol or pricing or whatever. But the issue with that is when you make that change, legally you can't change the the uh, plan you ha- you've signed already with members in the past. So can the platform handle that? So that you know it has ver- what I call versioning control, where if somebody bought a plan you know last week and you make a change this week, the plan from last week holds for that member all the way through their term, so for 12 months, while anybody buying now into the future gets the new plan. And then when that patient who bought a week ago comes up for renewal in 12 months, they're renewed under the new plan. They don't stay with the old plan. Like Those types of things are really important, and it becomes, a, if you don't have the right platform to handle those types of things, you can get yourself, in one, into trouble from a legal perspective, but also just from a management perspective and a time perspective, it, it just becomes very difficult. Yeah, and... You know, hearing you talk about a lot of these things, I think what's interesting is that when people start going down this path, Dave, and I'm curious as you get feedback from from customers and that, is that people do realize that obviously a membership plan is not insurance, uh, but it, you know it's it's a different way to look at things, and it does require, like you said, some of those front end things to think about. It, you know, I mean, there there are, I mean, you guys have made those features plug and play, but there still is an element, like you said, for the practice really needs to decide, you know, what direction they want to go. They understand those things. And I'm glad you bring that up because, and maybe that kind of hints back to the, to the title of this, which, you know, you guys have made it easy to do a lot of these things once they decide, but there are some elements there. It does take a little bit of time. If all of a sudden you're going to be able to offer uh, you know, a, a membership plan. It's no different than I think about airline miles and all those things. I mean, they've they've grown to huge proportions, but when they started, right? There's a lot that goes into that to thinking about all the different variables um, that people have to, to, to have to think about. And again, I think another value that you guys bring to the table is that you've been there, right? You 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 know, this is not just you guys coming out and saying, "Hey, we think you should think about this." You think about that. I mean, you're seeing this from practices on a weekly basis of maybe the questions they get from you guys, which is a which is a nice feedback loop, you know, to, to help people and support people. Yeah, I, I agree 100%, John. You know that. So it's like you think about what we can do that it's really hard for practices to do. One is that connect that feedback across lots of practices and understanding what works and what doesn't work, building it into the platform and giving those features out, right? That's a huge positive, and it's something – it's impossible for one practice to do that on their own. Other things, like the, I mentioned before, our ability to invest across the whole platform in thousands of practices – make it so that we can do things at a level of detail that a practice couldn't do on their own. And for example, you know, understanding, here's a small example, but a, you know, important one, renewals, you know, we have auto renewal feature built into the platform. So when a member signs up, they agree to the auto renewal feature. And by the way, there's lots of laws that govern how you do that and the acceptance of that and sort of how that's written. And so that's great. Okay, they accept the auto renewal and, you know, off they go. You have to give them the ability to opt out whenever they want of that auto renewal. So our platform enables to do that. They have access to a portal where they can opt out. And then uh, we had to go through all 50 states from a renewal notification standpoint and understand with each state, how far in advance do you need to let the patient know it's going to auto renew and give them the option to opt out prior to the renewal? I like those types of things, it's just really hard to get your mind around, and there's lots of those things. And But our ability to just understand and invest in it across thousands of practices uh, enables us to do it right and do it where when a, somebody comes to implement, they don't have to think about any of those things. They can just get going. Right. Awesome. I love it. All right. So uh, 
if an office manager does not have time to run their own plan, uh, how are they going to find the time to run a third-party platform? Where, like as you're mentioning, there's there still are some things to think about, and that's kind of where they're at right now. Many of them feel stuck. Uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I guess <laughs> an interesting question. So I would say if the third-party platform isn't going to create orders of magnitude of improvement in how they spend their time, then they should just get away from it. Like the idea <laughs> that the platform itself would be harder to manage than doing it yourself is just, it's almost mind-boggling that that could happen. But I completely understand given some of the software I've seen out there, I can understand how that might be an issue. And like a lot of times people will say, you know, like practice management software, right? That's the so the standard people use, and they say, I only use 10% of, you know, my price management software, and it's a very complicated thing, and I don't have time to figure it out. Well, you know, if you're looking at a membership plan platform, or and you know, take it broader, any platform, if it's sort of set up in that way, and price management software is a great example of that, there's something really wrong. It just hasn't been designed well. Uh, and you should do your due diligence to really look at it and make sure it's going to meet your needs and is easy to use. Uh, and so the, I guess the only thing I can say is if, if it's harder to manage the platform than it is to build it on your own, something went really wrong. You should be able to identify that fairly quickly, just doing a little bit of due diligence before you commit to a platform. Yeah. And the always large elephant in the room question when it comes to cost, <laughs> all of those things, right? Uh, you know, and, and time is money and, and everybody realizes that, but, but uh, hard money is hard money. So, um, a lot of times I know office managers are concerned about the cost of implementing things like this. And right off the bat, Dave, and, and I want to, this is the second part of the question. We're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about the efficiency from a cost perspective of the third party platform. I'd also like to touch on if, if you can, the, the cost value proposition, which is the way that I see it, which is, you know, anytime you implement a lot of these things, you do see this initial cost, but until you really start to see, all of that treatment that's out there and you know that it's there and you know that maybe that subset of patients out there that do not have insurance and you're trying to find a way to help them get that treatment done and this helps them do that. Once you get things rolling and that treatment comes gets done, it's it pays for itself tenfold. But I know a lot of times right off the bat, practices don't see that. So um, let, let's start with the, uh, the, the cost efficiency of the third-party platform and then we'll get into that second piece. Yeah, and I, it's funny, John, I, when you asked the question, I was thinking the exact same thing. There's a cost question and there's a value question. And the two, in my mind, I can't separate the two, but I'll separate them for this uh, for this discussion. Um, I guess the net is, given those things I talked about, you know, things like, you know, uh, managing things, doing, making it so it's a good user experience for your team, good user experience for your patients, you know, it's regulatory compliant, it's got things like auto renewal built into it. It's got electronic processing on the back end. You can share it on your website. You have marketing materials for your office. Like if you add up all those costs and you do it on your own, the platform should be less expensive than if you tried to do it on your own. So that, it should just be that way. And, uh, and the other part about it is you shouldn't be paying any money up front to implement a platform. So in the example that we're clear, we have no upfront fees. We don't charge anybody anything unless they actually get a patient on the platform who's paying the practice. So it's only, you know, we only charge for usage of the platform, not for implementation or anything like that. Um, and so if there's a big upfront fee, I'd say that's, that's probably a problem. Uh, so now taking it over to the value side, the real goal, as you were pointing out of this, of a membership plan is it's a few things. It's 
to give access to care to patients who currently feel like they don't have access to care and typically either don't come in very often or don't accept treatment uh, anywhere near, let's say, an insured patient. So if you do start doing a value calculation, it's the membership plan should be built and designed to get more people in your office more often and accepting more treatment. And if you compare the value of that to the cost of the platform, it should be orders of magnitude larger than the cost. So, uh, you know, if, if you're paying, let's say, you know, uh, $100 a month for the, for the platform, uh, you should, you know, and you, you could basically say, I get one person signed up to a membership plan and they come in for their, their visits and they will accept treatment. And what we see is typically is about twice what an, a non-member will accept. You know, the value is there, right? It's very simple. Uh, it's very easy to understand. Uh, but the net is you got, that's how you have to be thinking about it is there's a cost, but there's also, you know, a, a value to this. And there's, uh, and I got to compare the two of those. And, and so that's what we actually do with, uh, practices is we'll let them, we'll, we'll tell them, we'll, we'll show them how a typical practice sees value in it. And then we'll, we'll, you know, we can easily compare the cost of our platform relative to that value. Yeah. So let's talk about some specific customers that uh you know you and your team has worked with and the what that process is like so i mean everybody faces it right any anybody that has a new technology software platform i mean e- even though we can see now on the other side the success of it or whatever there's always some of those early tough days where you're most of it is not so much the platform and the functionality of it as much as is the philosophy like you said of you know learning how to implement this in their normal process when everybody was so focused on insurance and that. So, but uh, share a little bit of that if you can, like maybe what it was like for some of these practices as it was the initial conversation. And then on the other side of that was, Oh, I get that. Or maybe what it took um, for some of them to move forward. Yeah. So the, um, a lot of, a lot of practices actually just get it and inherently understand uh, that if I sign somebody up to a membership plan, they're going to be more loyal to my practice and come in more often and, and all that good stuff. And the, typically where we start actually is we'll have the, either the practice or sometimes we'll even do it. We'll look at their current uh, patient base through the practice management software and we'll say, okay, let's take a look at your insured patients. Let's take a look at your uninsured patients. And let's just see how often each one of those, uh, those patient bases comes in and how much treatment they accept. And what we, in, uh, you know, almost, consistently see, I'd say 90% of the time is the insured patients come in over twice the amount of times as an uninsured patient. And actually it's, it's a lot of times it's three to four times more often. So an, an insured patient might come in, let's say 1.5 times a year, uh, where an uninsured patient might come in once every two years. And that's a very typical type of ratio we see. And then what we also see is the insured patient will actually accept about twice the amount of treatment as the uninsured when you throw a membership plan into the mix, the, the uninsured patients who are now on a membership plan act just like an insured patient. And so they're coming in at 1.5 times a year. They're accepting twice the amount of treatment they used to accept. And they just become, so they're much, uh, much more uh, sort of active and loyal and, you know, um, sort of higher whatever uh, revenue generating, generating patient for the practice. Uh, but they're also a much more profitable patient than an insured patient. Because the uh, there's no middleman cutting out, uh, you know, the big uh, cut you, you you end up taking because of insurances in the way. Um, so the net is to answer your question. Uh, some some practices inherently get it. Others will sit down and actually do 
uh, calculations for them. And we have a bunch of case studies that document this now uh, that show this actual impact. Uh, so it used to be harder, right, to convince practice that this is true. Now that we actually have data, we can actually show it uh, yeah. to practices who are looking at it. Yeah, that's the fun part. It's like sometimes you feel like uh, people want to find every angle that something couldn't work. Um <laughs> because it seems fun even though i think it's exhausting quite frankly <laughs> i think the more <laughs> you know uh we we've we're very fortunate now i believe in dentistry uh that there has been so much entrepreneurship and innovation and ways for for companies you know like clear to to figure out a way to help people help the practices help patients and all that so the more that that's out there uh it just it makes it that much easier but um yeah it's good stuff yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we we always have the you know doubting comments that are skeptical uh, minded, which is fine. I've, we have no issue, and we'll go through a longer process with them than we will people who sort of just sort of get it and trust it and, and move on. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, this is great as always, Dave. I think uh, you know learning more and more about this, you know, wanting more and more people to hear about it several different times for them to recognize the the value that it's having. I think as we wrap, I mean, anything in closing that you know you'd like to share with everybody of what this experience has been like for you as you've watched this company grow and and uh, the cool thing is it's what I I get excited about every time we talk because I know what this I know there's the functionality and the intricacies of the plan that you touch on and things like that, but. I know the real value is what's on the other side of this is that you know you guys have found a creative way to help these practices get care done from these patients, which is a win-win for all. So, yeah, that's what I say, John. That's that's what I love to sort of leave leave with is just what we're trying to do is just break down the barriers on one side for patients to get the care they want and they need, and it's amazing to see that want and need. And you know, when they see a membership plan, they don't realize. They, it's the first time they understand that, wow, this is in my grasp. It's not the super complicated, expensive insurance plan that, you know, I don't know if somebody's going to basically, you know, in, in a lot of patients' minds, they're going to get me at some point, right? We take away all that doubt and mistrust and, and we make it direct. And then the other side for the practice is it's just really easy. You don't need to think about it. You can just put this in place and have it up and running. Like I said, we have practices you can implement in a day. There's other practices that take a couple of weeks because they want to sort of, you know, get used to it and all that stuff. But it's, it's at your pace. Whatever you feel like doing, you can do it. And we have everything you need to make it successful. Yeah. I love it. All right. So let's let everybody know where they can find out about it, get more information, all that good stuff. Yeah. So you can just go up to clear.com, K-L-E-E-R. Dot com and we have all kinds of good materials up there and you can uh, schedule a demo if you want. You can also reach out to me. Uh, you can get me direct at dave at clear.com. Very simple. And then also, if you want to send me a text or call me, uh, you can call my mobile. It's 610-299-6037. I love it. We're, we're the days of the, well, the 800, 800 numbers are still there, but uh, <laughs> you know, nothing like getting in touch with, uh, with the CEO. So great stuff. Well, Dave, it's always a pleasure uh, you know, to have you on here and continue to share the great things that you guys are doing and, and working with practices. And we certainly appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, John. I really appreciate it. All right. Have a great week. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Bye-bye.
That's a wrap. Hope you enjoyed this episode on ADOM Radio. Two quick things. If you enjoyed it and would love to hear more episodes, head out to iTunes and or Google Play and download ADOM Radio. Go ahead and actually subscribe to the podcast. That way, as we do more episodes, they will come through on your device of choice. Also, I want to encourage you to head out to the ADOM website, dentalmanagers.com. That's dentalmanagers.com. There are so many great resources on there. If you're a member, there's new stuff. You can sign up for the ADOM conference, which is the event of the year year, which is in July this year in Orlando, July 18th of the 20th. But also, if you have any colleagues out there that are not ADOM members, they're doing some great things this year with membership. The resources are super abundant, so be sure to check it out. That's dentalmanagers.com. Dentalmanagers.com. Thanks for joining us.